And this is working the beat. It is Monday, January 27th, 2020. I'm Kevin Cooney, along with Mike Kern. Uh, glad you can join us here. Uh, no opening music uh, as normal. This is not going to necessarily be a normal show because of what uh, transpired yesterday in Los Angeles. Look, in the middle of a Super Bowl week, the biggest story in sports and really the biggest story in America right now is the untimely passing of Kobe Bryant killed in a helicopter accident in suburban Los Angeles, along with seven, uh, um, excuse me, eight other people uh, as their helicopter uh, crashed into the side of a mountain. Um, his daughter among the victims, along with uh, some other, uh, some parents and a few other young ladies who were heading to a travel basketball game at Kobe's facility. Um, just One of them was of Los a, Angeles. a legend. Uh, the, coach. The, the coach of the um uh, Belli, who yeah. has the same last name as a former Joe, yeah former uh, Orioles I I have not seen that yet okay cuz I saw the name and I was like yeah. and we should mention I mean you know look all the media attention and for understandable reasons has been about Kobe Bryant and and his daughter but you obviously you know think of the other families involved as well when you when you think about this uh circumstance and Mike I you know, it happened, I guess we got word about, what, 3 o'clock yesterday is when I got word. No, it was earlier than that. It was like, it was like a little after 1-ish, like one thirty when I first. Okay. I don't know what I was watching. I guess ESPN. I'm trying to remember what I was watching, but something came over. You were getting geared up for the Pro Bowl. Yeah. yeah. Kobe Bryant, I think it was like, you know, source. Kobe Bryant dies in a helicopter crash. And, and then they started filling in pieces as you went along. And I was in a car driving back from Charlotte, and we had reached about that point where I-85 and I-95 meet around Petersburg, Virginia. And, uh, I, uh, you know, in the rental car I had, it's one of those talk-to text message things, you know, where, you know, if you hook your phone up, it'll tell you the text message. I couldn't do it, but you can. Yeah, and somebody went, you know, or I sent me, one of my friends sends me a text, RIP Kobe. Oh my God. And it's like, you know, okay. I knew LeBron had passed him the night before. And I'm thinking this is like not a f- appropriate joke or anything. So then you flip on, you kind of look and you see on Twitter messages that, uh, everything, uh, has, uh, yeah, everything Tiger has didn't find out till he walked off, walked off the course. Caddy didn't want to tell him. And then he heard things while he was playing like RIP Mamba. And right. he kind of didn't know what, you know. And there was a, there was also a, a Indiana. I'm sorry, a Michigan State played at um, Indiana yesterday, I believe. That sounds right. And there was a scene of Tom Izzo pulling one of his young men um, over before an interview to brief him, and you can like the words Kobe, like really, like in disbelief. So obviously, the biggest story in sports the last 24 hours, and. and Will be the biggest story in sports this month. I don't care who wins next week. And could you imagine if this had happened next Sunday? What that would have been like? That would have been. Well, I mean, I you know, yeah. see, uh, Fox would have been in the middle of their. They would have been starting. Obviously, their pregame show. They right? would have had to do something. But how they would have, how everybody would have handled that, I, I don't know. You know, as it, best they could. We're gonna have Dick Girardi on to talk about kind of Kobe's legacy in. Uh, in Philadelphia, because, you know, quite honestly, this is mainly a Los Angeles story. 
I mean, we're not going to lie. I mean, Kobe's life was in Los Angeles. We're the afterthought. We're, yeah, but there is the Philadelphia angle of this. Not to us, we're the afterthought. To the world, we're the after. Because not only is it an L.A. thing, it's a global thing. Right. He's global. You know, LeBron's glo- In the 20th century, which is two decades old, they're the two, in basketball anyway, the two most, you know, Michael was the first guy who kind of was global. Not kind, he was. Kobe and LeBron are that now. And, you know, who somebody else will be at some point. Um, but they're not, you know, they're, they're, they're way above KD and whoever else you want to throw in there. They're all great players. But those guys are, and, and one guy put it, is it, he was entering the prime of his life. Right. You know, the prime of his career was over. Obviously, his career was over. Um, but I think Philadelphians will still have a spot for him, even though despite some of the things that happened. Go back 20 years, but because he was from Lower Marion. And then there becomes a thing, well, really, was he really from Philadelphia? You know, he didn't play in the pub. Okay, I, whatever. He, he was 15 miles outside Philly or 10 miles. You know. and, and I think... It's people- like saying, was Matt Ryan a Philadelphian? Yeah. I mean, I you know, I don't know if he was a Philadelphian like we are. Was Jameer Nelson Philadelphia? I mean, I, if you want to go like, I mean, technically, if you don't, Chester, you know. No, but I mean, it, it, it's the whole area. Right. And if somebody grows up a half hour from L.A., we would probably say he's from L.A. Yeah. Usually. I mean, you know, but they, you get in all those, you know, those weird kind of areas. Uh, you know, hey, look, people die every day. Mm-hmm. It's just, and, and you're too young. You don't, you know, Roberto Clemente. Yeah, it was before I was born. When I was 14, I would have been like 14, I guess. It was New Year's Eve, New Year's, I guess in the New Year's Day, who was, you know, obviously no internet, no nothing then, but he was a, uh, in Pittsburgh, is about as beloved an athlete as you can be, as beloved as any of the Steel Curtain guys, any of the, you know, any of the, Willie Stargell, I would be up there with mm-hmm. him. Um, and he got his 3,000th hit, the last game of the, the 71, 72 season. 72 season. 71, they won the World Series. Right, 72. Those, he was the MVP. Right. 72, they lose to the Reds in five games in what was then the, you know, the playoff. And uh, New Year's Eve, uh, there was an earthquake in Nicaragua, I believe. I hope I get my country Yeah, right. it is. And he went to Puerto Rico, his native Puerto Rico, and put a relief plane together. They were going to take supplies and whatever, and the plane, like five minutes after it took off, crashed into the ocean. That, And then, of course, you had Thurman Munson in 79, who not on the level... But he was the Yankees captain for the team right. that won the World Series. The last two years. The last two years. Um, Dale, Dale Earnhardt, you know, hitting the wall at Daytona. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to remember. I mean, I covered NASCAR, Kevin. It's weird, like in the 80s. And there was like four or five guys that I got to know a little bit. They all died. Alan Colwicky went down in a plane. Uh, Davey Allison went down in a helicopter. Right. Um, um, Neil Bonnet. Retired, came back, went out on the track, and died in a crash. And it's weird. You, you, you'd be sitting there, like, I'd be looking at ESPN. I remember Colwicky. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting there watching ESPN. You know, they come on. Alan Colwicky, like, died in a plane crash. And I'm like, I was talking to him, like, a, a month ago. It's weird, man. It's And obviously, really lo- weird. locally, there was Roy Halliday, who passed away. Right. Uh, How about Hank Gathers? Which Girardi can definitely talk about, because Dick was all over that story. Right. That was a... That's right. about as big a tragedy as you can have. And I think that the reaction... That was almost 30 years ago. Yeah. In fact, it's really, over It is 30. 30 years ago, just March. Yeah. In fact, I, I you know, the Hank Gathers one, uh, 
obviously Roy Halladay we mentioned. Corey Lytle was one that came up who who's play not a, not a yeah. big name. Oh no no, but, but the yeah the circumstances being right. I remember the um the Hank Gathers was really. I mean, you're talking. You know, you, you lose Kobe at 41, which obviously is well before his time. Hank Gathers Hank was, was 22. 22, 21, whatever he was. He was a senior. Right. Um, I covered him in high school a little bit. Um, and that was the thing, like one of the memories, and we'll talk to Dick about in this. In fact, I covered too. the games when they came in and played LaSalle and St. Joe's like two months before that happened. I mean, I saw Kobe at Lower Marion, I want to say twice. I know the one. The one will stand out in my mind forever. It was him and Rip Hamilton um, playing at the Palestra. Uh, in the district one semifinals, semifinals or finals, uh, 71 65, I believe was the final. Um, and that was just, I, I could not believe you could fit that many people into that building as you did that night. Um, because it was just mobbed and packed and you, know, you had two NBA players, two NBA champions. It turned out down the road, um, I think Rip even won a finals MVP that year that they, uh, no, Chauncey Billups did, um, so you had two premier talents there at that spot. And the other, you know, I saw, I think they played upper double one time in a, in a tournament game. And I saw him there. Well, there's a Donnie Carr game that Donnie Mike, Carr game Mike Jensen Roman. writes about. Oh, you know, the ironic thing, right. I, I went back cause I was not covering high schools and I was covering right. temple and whatever. And t- I remember our buddy Ted kind of doted in and out on that a little it, bit. It was weird for Ted because Ted was a pub cat interact guy and right. and yeah but the circumstances dictate it yeah. boom yeah um but i remember i looked it up when they won the state title he only scored 17 points against it was his lowest game prep. it was his lowest scoring game of the season and the game only got into the 40s i think i think they throw a box and one on them yeah yeah but i'm just saying it's ironic that you know it was his lowest scoring game and uh and they hadn't won a state title since 1940 something because i remember they won three straight in the 40s and Greg Downer was out there as the head coach, and that started the Lower Marion really ring. They've won five, or they've won now a total five state titles. Really, that many? Yeah. Wow. Uh, and Downer's teams were, but they beat Chester one year, I think, didn't they? Yeah, out there. I was actually at that game. Yeah. That was really. That See, was in my cool. days when I covered it, that could never happen. That would have been the Eastern Final. Either. Yeah, but they kind I know, of amoeb- I know what they did. I, I it I and all that. So, uh, Dick has a context because Dick covered LaSalle. Um, when Joe, Bryant. Joe Bryant was the assistant coach for Speedy Morris. I, rem- I remember there were actually, and I remember asking Dick this, like there were some people that thought LaSalle had like a chance because of Joe. They had no chance. I, and, I, and if he hadn't, if he had gone to college, the rumor was Duke. he was going to go to Duke maybe for a year. Like, like today you would have had to, you know, cause they put the rule in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think he made the wrong move. No. So let's get to Dick Girardi. Uh, he, the longtime uh, Philadelphia Daily News college basketball writer. Uh, who a few is now, people give you better insight than yep. Dick. Dick, for a guy from Baltimore, Dick is about as Philadelphian as you can get. And he'll give us what Kobe's legacy in the city is. And we'll get to that in just a second. And joining us now, the longtime basketball writer for the Philadelphia Daily News, now currently the color analyst on Penn State. Men's basketball broadcast. It's uh, Dick Girardi. Dick, how are you? I'm good, guys. What's going on? Not much. Um, We've yeah. had better days. But yeah. Indeed. Um, so I guess the question I asked Mike, and I'll ask you, where were you yesterday when the news came out? 
I was pulling into the parking lot at St. Joe's Prep. I was going to the Prep Roman game because they were going to honor Speedy after the game. It's his last year, and it's the last weekend home game at the Prep, so they thought that was the right day to honor him. So I got there just as the pregame ceremony was going on, and as I pulled in, a guy I did not know stopped me and said, did you hear about Kobe Bryant? And when I heard that, I said, this is not going to be good news. I didn't know how bad it was. Uh, And then he told me and I actually walked inside with Fran Dumpy. And the first person I saw inside was Lionel Simmons. And he said to me, is that true about Kobe? And I said, I I guess I didn't know. And then, of course, it was blasting all over the place. And uh, it was true. And it was just a. It was a strange place to be, but in some way, uh, an interesting place to be with all the basketball types from all over the city were there yesterday. Uh, coaches, players, a lot of people there to honor Speedy. So, yeah, during the game, yeah, we were watching the game, but everybody was talking about the news. And, of course, each time some more news came, it got worse all day long. You know, Dick, almost 30 years ago, which seems hard to believe, you had to cover the Hank Gathers story and that's the one thing from a Philadelphia standpoint, you know, something like this. Um, is, is it similar to you? I mean, I know Kobe was bigger. Kobe's a, you know, a bigger global thing and all that. But it, is there, are there any similarities to, to, you know, losing someone well before their time? Yeah, when you didn't I, yeah expect I think it? so, Mike. Yeah, no, it, it is amazing. It's been 30 years since Hank died 30 years ago uh, this, this March. That's unreal. Um, it's, it's unreal. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I was in uh, Albany, New York, and that great LaSalle team, uh, Lionel Simmons, their only loss until the NCAA tournament was against Hank Gathers and Bo Kimball at the Civic Center. And Yeah, I, I remember that like it was yesterday. It was actually, it was also a Sunday. Uh, it was a Sunday night. Um, LaSalle was just getting finished beating Siena to go to the finals of their conference tournament when the, I, got, I actually got a call from the, from the desk. It was pre-cell phones that, that Hank had died. And I actually told some of the LaSalle people about it as the game was ending. So, yeah, there, there were some similarities in the suddenness of it. Uh, Hank, I want to say, was like 22, Kobe 41. So when Hank had another 60 years, Kobe had half his life. Yeah, obviously Kobe was a bigger international figure in Philly. In some ways, Hank was every bit as big as Kobe because he was a public league champion. Mm-hmm. He played in the public league. Everybody knew him. Um but uh, yeah, now you're right. I, I hadn't thought of it that way, but you're right. There are some similarities. Um, Hank died, of course, on the court where Kobe died trying to help his daughter. And it sounds like it looks like several, from what I can gather, several of her teammates yes. yeah. and parents were heading to um, a game, a game um, that that morning up in uh up north of Los Angeles, and Kobe lives south of L.A. in Orange County. And I know he always got around by helicopter just to avoid the crazy traffic. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just – I mean, he had half his life. His daughter obviously had her whole life. And a number of the other uh, young children and parents, eh, it's just – it's. I mean, there's just no other way to describe it. Dick, in, in the mid-'90s, you covered LaSalle, and obviously Joe Bryant was an assistant at LaSalle, so you – what, what are your remembrances of Kobe when he was a high school player? Because the way a lot of people have been talking, Mark Jackson, Donnie Carno, they said, you know, he came out when he was only 13 because they came back from Italy. And there was mm-hmm. this kid that showed up and maybe wasn't ready yet, but you could kind of tell. What, what are your remembrances of Kobe as a high school? And I don't know how many times you got to see him because you were obviously doing other things. But 
What do you remember of that time? Yeah, my memory is that I saw him play twice. And I, I think I saw him as a junior against Coatesville in the districts at the Pluster when Rip Hamilton was the Coatesville star. And I know for sure I saw him at Trexel playing against Donnie Carr and Roman Catholic. I think that was when they were both seniors. Yeah. Although I, I could be wrong about that, but I think that's accurate. Um, and you could tell he was just, he was fabulous. And I talked to people around and knew about him. And I did know about him probably earlier than most because Joe came on the scene. And, and it's interesting when Joe got back, that's when Speedy hired him as an assistant and a lot of people said, well, he hired him so he could get Kobe. And Speedy, and I actually believe this because Speedy's kind of a, he's a wonderful guy, but he's a little bit naive. Uh, he didn't really have any idea how good Kobe was. Um, once he realized it, was he happy that Joe was an assistant, thought maybe he had a chance to get him? Of course. Uh, but I was around it. I never thought he had any chance to get Kobe, I think. Uh, if he went to college, he was going to go to one of the one of the big name schools. He wasn't going to LaSalle. I don't think he was going to stay local. Uh, but once he made up his mind, obviously he wasn't going to college. That was irrelevant anyway. But yeah, it was interesting that Joe was an assistant. And I actually found out. I, I was thinking about this last night. Um, when it, it started to become a rumor that Kobe might not go to college, and remember, not many people did that back then. Kevin Garnett had done it, I think, the year before. Year before. And, and, da- and Daryl Dawkins it, and Daryl Dawkins was the last one before that. And I think that was right. in the, the early, it, it mid seventies, 20 years. Right. Yeah. So no, nobody was doing it. So the rumor was out there. We think oh, that's probably not really going to happen. And then I got wind uh, that Joe Bryant had kind of disappeared. From the <laughs> I remember office. you telling me this. <laughs> yeah. And where's Joe and would appear on Fridays <laughs> to pick up his paycheck, but nobody ever actually saw him. Uh, and then I, I called Sonny Vaccaro because I heard he was involved in potentially putting a shoe deal together for Kobe and Sonny, unlike most people will actually tell you the truth when you talk to him. And he said, yeah, I'm putting a shoe deal for him. So I said, well, that means he ain't going to college. He said, that's correct. Mm-hmm. So we actually broke the story that he was going to go to the pros well before they were ready to say it. And there were some people not happy with me, but that, that's neither here nor there. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was fascinating because I wasn't sure after watching him that he would be good enough uh, LeBron, I saw, and I said, well, obviously he's good enough. It didn't take a genius to figure that out. And it did take Kobe a year or two. He only, I was surprised. He only averaged seven points his first year, but by his second or third year, it was obvious and, and the rest of it's history. Uh, now he's one of the all time, all timers. He's one of the best ever play. Heyman Hall would have never been the same Dick. No. Could you imagine <laughs> the, the goal on the third, on the third Kobe floor? Bryant. Yeah. Yeah. They, they had to move the games back to the or somewhere. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Dick, Dick Girardi joins us. Dick, it's strange because most of his time in the NBA, it was a very complicated relationship between Kobe and the city. Look, there was always the connection. I mean, he was involved with the Sunny Hill League. Uh, financially, I believe he was involved with the Sunny Hill League for, for a long time. There was, you know, but it, it was like there was a distance always. And I think obviously a one created that a lot of that with what happened during the, the the finals but were you surprised how how cold and hot it ran between philadelphia and kobe yes uh, I, I think part of it was the initial press conference when he he has his sunglasses on his, his head. head and he says i'm taking but you know i never that never bothered me because he's 17 
Right. I mean, who's who's gonna who's gonna make say all the right things when they're seventeen? I, I took me. I'm not sure I'm saying all the right, right. things now. So you know, I, I I get that you could not. And and right, Dick, that I, never. And Dick, I think. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but I yeah. think it's strange. There was almost a gossip column on at that time. There was almost gossip columnist quality reporting on him, where yeah. he was dating a well known. Uh, well, no, he was dating a well known female basketball player from this area. At okay. that point, and then Brandy was the prom date that he kind of came in late, so people kind of I thought like like looked sideways at him at that point that he was going Hollywood and all that, so, but for him, every moment as a high school senior was dissected like it was you know it was ridiculous after a while to be honest yeah agreed yeah, I, I think that was completely crazy. And unfair to him, and there was expectations on him. Hey, how dare he go to the pros and announce he's leaving and he's not going to go to the big five? And, you know what is all this about? It was stupid. I mean, he's a seventeen-year-old kid; he do whatever he wants. It's it's fine. Right. And I, I took it exactly that way. Um, and I think even early in his pro career, he he wasn't as as mature. And I get it; he was making a lot of money. And even in the, like the two thousand one finals, he'd have only been twenty-two. Yeah. Right. He, he still wasn't all that old uh, and, and had it been in the league for a while, but everybody thought he was still supposed to say exactly the right things. And it wasn't until he got quite a bit older and more introspective and certainly later in life. I mean, he became a fascinating interview. I, I wish I'd had an opportunity to really spend some more time with him. I thought of all the athletes of the modern era, he was one of the most insightful. I love the fact that he was spending all the time with his daughters uh, I, I just thought he, like a lot of us, he, he, he grew up over time, but he didn't really get a chance to grow up like the rest of us because all of a sudden he's 17 and he's holding press conference. You know, Dick, it, it's funny, and, and he was very complicated, but you alluded to it a little bit earlier. It seems like a lot of the Philadelphians of that era, though, really, really looked up to him, still do. I mean, I know Kobe inspired a lot of people. You know, Joel Embiid comes out with the tweet, and and, and he was not Simmons, alone. Right. Um but when you hear Donnie Carr talk about him and, and, and Mark Jackson and people who I respect, they really, they, they viewed, they put him on a pedestal. You know, it wasn't that he put himself on it. I mean, they did that. Absolutely. And I think he did a lot of things quietly that we never heard about. I look, Jameer Nelson, I covered his whole career at St. Joe's and he, he will tell you to this day. I mean, Kobe really helped him when he got into the league. Uh, they aren't, uh, you know, they're a little bit different in age. Kobe's 41. I want to say Jameer was like, he's like 36 or 37 now. So when he got into the NBA, Kobe was a guy he could look up to. And, of course, he knew him because some of Lower Marion's greatest games were with Chester. Mm -hmm. Jameer wasn't playing against him. He wasn't old enough, but he certainly would see him when he when he, he played in some of those games. So, yeah, Kobe was an idol for him uh, when he got into the league. And I would say almost all the, all the Philly guys. And, you know, Donnie was the same age, but no different. I mean, this is <laughs> – He's a guy from here who played around here, and his dad obviously played at Bartram and LaSalle, and mm -hmm. everybody knows the name. And I, I think he can make a really good case that, well, it's an obvious case, the two greatest NBA players from the area, you know, one is Wilt, the other is Kobe. You know, that's pretty good company. That's pretty good company. And he scored more points, right? Isn't it? Kobe was like the, he broke Wilt's. Wilt and Lionel, right, were like two of the highest, and I think he scored more than that. I right? believe that. He, he scored more in, in more in high school than anybody in the history of the Philadelphia, Philadelphia area. area. That, that's accurate. 
And, you know, you can debate, like, who's the greatest player ever to come out of Philly. Most people are going to say, well, that's fine. I mean, there's been some legendary players. Tom Gole, go back to Paul Arizon. Sure. You know, more recently, uh, Lionel. Lionel Simmons. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, if you're saying who had the greatest impact on the NBA from Philly or the suburbs, there's there's really only two names. It's, it's Kobe and it's Will. You know, you were mentioning that Roman game, and this is kind of strange, that Roman game against Lower Marion. Okay, the Donnie Carr game. The three, the three yep. best players on the court that night were uh, Kobe, Donnie Carr, and Larry Kettner, who ended up going to UMass. I remember Larry. And Larry Kettner passed away. Yep. Yeah, yep. About a decade ago uh, yeah. from colon cancer, yeah. which is which. Wow. Boggles the mind. I didn't realize that. Um, yeah. Yeah. About that. Where do you put him? Like everybody, you know, it's the cliche question. Okay, in the top. He's a top ten player, probably in in the history of the league. Is he top five? Yeah, no, it's it's a great question because it's so hard for all of us. I didn't see Will, I didn't see Bill Russell. Um, you know, I didn't see the Big O and, and, and all those legendary players in the that played in the fifties, sixties, and even into the some I saw in the seventies. Jerry West, Elgin Baylor, those kind of players. So that part, I it's I can't. I can't go. I can just say of the players that I've watched right. over a period of watching the league, he's a, to me, he's a top five player because he was an impossible guy to stop from doing the one thing he did best, which was score. Uh, he wasn't a great shooter, uh, not a great three point shooter, but he just got to his spots and he could score and he wasn't unwilling to take a big shot. And he was also a great defender. People don't think of him that way, but he was. He was a guy that could lock up anybody. I put him in Scottie Pippen level of defender. So that's why, to me, he would be a certainly right around the top five. Uh, you know, Jordan's the best I've seen. LeBron's LeBron would be next, and, and Kobe's right in the vicinity of those two, right, right behind him. Probably. Funny thing Some is, are that, pretty close. Yeah, yeah. The, I, and my problem is when you talk about greats. To me, it's a, like I can't tell you if Larry Bird was greater than Kobe. You know, or right, Oscar exactly. Rob. To me, they're sure. all great. Or magic. And, or I mean, sure. I know, I know LeBron and 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 Wilt and and Michael obviously, you know, are at the top, and you just got to filter through it. But to me, Kobe was the closest thing to Michael. LeBron's yep. a different type player and great. Obviously, you know, that doesn't need me to say. It. But Kobe was Michael to a degree, and because Michael defended. Kobe yep. def- and, and they were assassins. They just wanted yeah. to, I mean, I don't know if LeBron has that to that degree, but they just I wanted to step on your neck. Yeah, no, no, I think that's fair. Uh, I definitely think that's accurate. Look, if you watch how his game developed, it was exactly like Jordan because he patterned himself after Jordan. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like some of the moves were the same. And, and at the end of the game, if Kobe was guarded by three players, he was going to shoot it. <laughs> at the end of the game, if LeBron's guarded by three players, he's going to pass it yeah. to the guy that's over. And the one thing, Dick, is, you know, obviously the conversation because of their first three championships were won together. Well, who needed each other more? Did Kobe need Shaq or did Shaq need Kobe? I think Kobe, the best Kobe, though, was those years with Pal Gasol at the end where he won the MVP in 08, then won finals in 9 and 10. And the criticism that they ha- that Kobe had of Shaq, which created the little tension between the two, in the end, Kobe was proven right that if Shaq had worked maybe a little bit on his free throws, maybe a little bit on his weight, that they could have been dominant for forever. And I don't think people understood that till later in his career. Yeah, no, I think that's accurate. And I think the great players, and Jordan was like this, 
he not only demanded everything out of himself, he demanded uh, everything out of everybody he played with. And a lot of players just aren't willing to do that. There's very few guys. And boy, Kobe did this from his time at Lower Marion on. He -hmm. would be there at 530 in the morning working on his game. And that's all the great players are all the all the players to do stuff when nobody's watching. And that's what he did. And yeah, he hated the fact that Shaq was so talented that he could be it, it, as great as he was without really having to work at it. But you know, when he got a little older, he had to work a little harder and he just didn't want to do it. And that bothered Kobe's sensibilities. I mean, and I get it. I understand, but it, you know, it's the old story. I, I've told this story a few times, but Mike, you remember I covered Tim Thomas in his one year at Villanova. Yes, you uh, did. Timmy was, it was incredible talent. And he was a high school senior the same year as Kobe. And Rick Pitino actually told me a story. He said, I thought he thought Tim Thomas was a better high school player than Kobe. And it's debatable. I mean, Tim was that good at, at Patterson uh, Catholic or wherever he played, somewhere up in North Jersey. Um, well, Timmy played in the NBA for years, but never really realized what his potential was. And my buddy, Paul Hewitt, he was assistant on a Villanova team, uh, said to Tim at one point, Tim, just think how great you could be if you worked at it. And Tim's answer was, coach, I made $100 million doing it my way. And yeah. Paul didn't have an answer. <laughs> <laughs> to me, the greatest compliment I heard yesterday of all the things was, you're talking about, and L.A. values its stars. L.A. Mm-hmm. is a star city. And yep. in a franchise that's had Magic, Jerry West, Kareem, well. Uh, but Wilt, not really, because Wilt was only there for a few years, even though they did have the great... But all those great players, and Magic turned around yesterday, and Shaq, I don't leave Shaq, right. turned around and said, he's the greatest Laker of all time. And whether he is or not, I mean, I know Magic was very special and great in his... But I mean, for Magic to say that about Kobe, I mean, come on. Yeah, doesn't get any better than that. Nah, that's pretty impressive. And look, he played era with more great players uh, than anybody, because that's just the way basketball and any sport works. There's always going to be better trained athletes than ever. And when you had to train to the utmost to keep up with what was going on, he was able to do it. Uh, and he, I mean, yeah, he's one of, he's one of those spectacular players that people wanted to see. And I understand why all his peers look up to him because they saw a guy that was whatever it was going to take to have a chance to be as good as you possibly could be. He was willing to put in the work to do it. The, the saddest part to me of all this, Evan and I, I think in our opening is you're not going to see what he in. Like he won an Oscar already. I mean, but that, but like Michael, and I think Kobe and LeBron probably too. When he's will maybe own teams or be entrepreneurs like Magic is and be very successful. And obviously, this thing order and women's basketball, he was getting very involved yep. in. It's just a shame that we won't get to see that. Yeah, I think the second half of his life had a chance to be every bit as impactful as the first half, and that's saying a lot when you consider how impactful the first half was. Yeah, he he had he had. Clearly, um, his life was now going to be devoted to his family and his girls. And and it, was, and it was cool to watch because he was like a lot of young guys having great success. Mm-hmm. He had an arrogance about him. Uh, but I think over time, when it, when the competitiveness was no longer there, he became introspective. He was always very smart, a great quote, willing to say just about anything. And I think anybody and I wasn't around him that much, but people that I know that were thought he was just an absolute fascinating guy to talk to. And you wanted to know what was he thinking? What was he think going to do next? Uh, right. Yeah. No, you're right, Mike. And I think it's, 
look, we're, we're all going to be cheated out of that. We're going to be cheated out of seeing, you know, what his daughter could have become. And, and of course, all the other people that were on the helicopter. It's just, it's just, I mean, it's just like you're there and you're going and it's a fun Sunday morning and you're heading to a basketball and then just like in an instant, it's just over. It's just, it's hard to wrap your arms around. Dick, what is, you know, back on to one thing, what is his ultimate legacy with this city going to be? You know, and it's strange because you've had good players come through here and they get remembered. But if you haven't been a sixer like Wilt was or something, you, you, you end up being fading in the background, I think, in, in the in the tapestry of the city. And you mentioned about the fact that he's probably the second greatest pro. I think it ever. depends who you are, though. Well, and that's the yeah. thing. Like, is uh, I mean, Lionel's, warm still, mem- Lionel's still huge and he, you know. Yeah, but do you think it, it becomes kind of his, you know, that legacy and that everything now kind of melts away with whatever backlash there was against him all these years? I think so, and I hope so, and it should. And I think probably a good gauge of it is when he came in to play his final game mm-hmm. in Philly. Uh, I I think he was embraced. I, it, was, it was he was no longer the 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 Laker that was going to deny the Sixers a championship. I think people looked at him as, and, he, and maybe even if he wasn't from the area, they would just look, hey, this is one of the all time greats. Right. Let, let, let's reward him with uh with the accolades that he deserves. But I think part of that was that people were by the end. I think they were proud that he was from here. His dad was a Philly guy, and 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 it should be like that. He he was just one of those guys. If he wasn't on your team, like a lot of great players, he irritated you. That's just that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, if the Sixers had drafted him instead of Allen Iverson, who by the way was the first draft choice that year, it, it, who knows what might have happened? It, it, it would have been interesting. They weren't going to do that because everybody was scared of drafting high school players. Twelve other teams didn't draft them either. Hey Dick, uh, you know, I I was at that draft. Mm-hmm. I, I believe it was up in North Jersey, Secaucus, uh-huh. Secaucus. And Cal Parry said, I, I don't think he said it that night because they took Curry Kittles at number eight. He yep. apparently wanted to take um, take Kobe, but I think Kobe's family or something well, said the, something. The, in, like, the we, Inquirer had a, uh, a rerun of Bob Ford's column when Kobe came in, and he called John Lucas. And remember, John Lucas. Oh, John was, was going to take him number one. John yeah. was going to take him number one before he got fired after Harold right. Katz sold the team to Croce. Yeah. But Coach Cal was go- apparently that was his first year. He had just gone there, right? And he took Curry Kittles instead for whatever reasons. Um, but yeah, it would have yeah, been interesting I, to see how history I, I might know, have been uh, different. Yeah, I, Mike, I've heard that. I, I know John Nash was there, and I've heard some versions of all that. Obviously, I don't know what the reality is. Mm-hmm. It, the Sixers that year were actually down. It was going to be Iverson, and believe it or not, Stephon Stephon Marbury, Marbury right? Going up and doing a story on Marbury. I don't know who did the story on Iverson prior to the draft, but. Um, nobody was even thinking about taking Kobe that high in the draft. It was like, oh, he's just, he's a high school guy. Right. He's, a, he's right. a guard. You know, he's, 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 you know, this is not, this is crazy, but that's, you know, it was just a different time. And obviously all credit to one of the great maestros of understanding talent in the history of sports, Jerry West. He knew yeah. somehow yeah. he knew for Vladdy Divac. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how Jerry was because I mean, I saw him and I, I didn't know. And I, you know, I think I've seen a lot of players and I got a pretty good sense of what's what. I had no clue. Yeah, but he give knew. the Sixers credit because they could have taken one. I mean, <laughs> Allen, I mean, look, right. we yeah. can knock yeah. Allen all we want, but he gave yeah. us a great, you know, eight, yeah. nine years, 10 years, whatever it was. I would, I would not at all say the selection was incorrect. 55, 55. Yeah. <laughs> but you want to talk about different, per- you want to talk about different yeah. personalities, though. Oh, okay. My Lord. Yeah. I mean, the, where Allen was, 
Allen, look, Allen drove hard. I'm not saying it wasn't that Allen didn't play hard, but Allen didn't put the work. He was Shaq. <laughs> Allen didn't put the work in that Kobe. But did. could you imagine if the Sixers had taken him and he'd averaged seven as a rookie? Yeah, oh. it would have been a It would have been, it would have been number one. Right. Yeah, exactly. It would have been. No, it would have been bad. Look, Iverson was a proven player. He played in college. Uh, he was exciting, and obviously, it worked out great for the Sixers. They made the finals. They had a great run. But yeah, in retrospect, but again, twelve other teams missed on the best player in that draft, and one of the best players in any draft. So it wasn't like the Sixers were alone in that. But yeah, people just weren't thinking high school then. Right. And then it got the other way. By the time they changed the rules, they were taking too many high school players who weren't remotely ready or even good enough to play. It was funny because Rob Thorne, I was listening on the way home last night to uh, the NBA radio on, on Sirius. Rob Thorne was on talking, and he was at the league office at the time. And Jerry West came up to him and said, I've just seen the best player I've ever seen ever. And, oh, you know, or you know, Marbury or anything. And he went, no, Kobe. And Thorne went, come on, he's a high school kid. Like, basically, he goes, and, and, and Jerry was proven right. And you, that yeah. that it changed the image of the high school kid forever in the NBA's eyes until they, you know, well, Garnett didn't do badly either. No. And and it made it hard for all the other general managers from that point on because they all took high school kids. Yeah. Over proven college players, Sebastian Telfair, Telfair. <laughs> over, over Nelson by John Ross in Portland, one of the all-time terrible decisions, and he wasn't the only one. But it was like, well, everybody's telling Sebastian Telfair is going to be the next great player, and he wasn't. And and he he was one of many because all the general managers were petrified of right. passing. Yeah. On I remember they wanted Felipe Lopez to come out after his high school sure. career. And oh yeah, no, it was it you was think it was endless. Yeah, and you know, and look, and guys like LeBron and Kobe, they're one in a million. They're they're yeah. they aren't those guys. They're just, <laughs> they that doesn't happen. Uh, well, you look at how mature you look at like Garnett, Kobe, LeBron, and I'm sure I'm leaving. How just got not only physically, I mean Kobe wasn't yet, but mentally, and I still Absolutely. think having the father he had, and and spending all that time with Joe, is was able. Yeah, I mean, look, he, he he saw it up close when Joe was finishing his career over in Italy, so he was exposed to high high caliber professional basketball early, and yeah, obviously the being the gen, genetics were there, and the fact that he got a chance to uh, watch it, watch his dad play. No doubt. It was interesting, too, because Joe was – I mean, I, I wasn't around for Joe's career, but by all accounts – He was great. Joe – yeah, Joe was an incredible talent who mm -hmm. should have been great. Yeah, when he was at Bartram, Dick, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm trying, I'll am i bet he averaged like high 20s, whatever I'm it was. Sure. And when he when I'm he was sure. at LaSalle, he gets overlooked because the teams he played on – I don't – went to the Yeah, I don't know even if they went to the tournament. But no. he was really good because he left early for the yep. NBA. I yep. think he no, left I, after I his junior year. Yeah. yeah, and he'd have probably been better if he had his son's work ethic, right? Well, he was on those but, teams with with that ran all over Gene Shue, and yeah, didn't, it was just it was a yeah, class. it was a joke. It wasn't just Tom; yeah, it was everybody. Yeah, yep. Dick, uh, where is that? Was the one question that kind of came up? What, like, I know Jeremy Shap mentioned today about that the relationship between Joe and and Kobe had kind of been strained, uh, right, over the years. Where is Joe at this point? Yeah, it's a great question. I was thinking about that today. I don't know the answer. I know for a long time they were estranged. I I certainly hope that that was over 
um, a while back. So, you know, Joe and Pam could see the grandkids, but I honestly don't know the answer. I, I haven't seen Joe's name in the news in years. Mm-hmm. I think, wasn't he coaching in the, was he coaching in a WNBA for a while? Do I have, am I thinking, am I right about that? I or don't know. Said, yeah. I thought he was coaching somewhere in some league, maybe it was a minor league. Uh, but yeah, I just had, and, and I got to know Joe pretty well when he was at, at LaSalle. So, but yeah, I haven't, I, I don't know that I've seen Joe's in, in 25 years. And that was over, if, if I'm not mistaken, like money, merchandise. And the, fact, and the fact, though, that I don't think they liked his wife. I think there was, there was yeah, something yeah, to do no, with that. Was, right. He got he got married kind of young. Um, I, I, again, I, I don't know all the details, and I'd hate to speculate. And, and I don't know what the relationship was at the, but I surely hope that it, that it had been repaired. Well, I hope they're there for the for the three grandchildren and and exactly and that kind of thing. And yep. you would hate yep. to think that something like this would maybe make that happen. Yeah, maybe it uh, will. I, yeah, I, again, I, I I do not know, but yeah, I w- you would think after a playing career, maybe there was a time to to make make peace if that needed to be made. Again, I just don't know where where it was. Dick Girardi of the Philadelphia, long time of the Philadelphia Daily News, and now you're uh, always a lo- you're always part of the Daily News. Once you're part I, of the Daily News, that is correct. I will never not be part of the DN. That is hey, a fact. Hey, hey, Dick, can I throw one Penn State question in? Sure. Uh, where do you see the Nittany Lions at this point as we hit the February home stretch? Yeah, they're one of a, a, an incredible amount of really good teams and what is obviously the best league in the country. And I think they're really well positioned for the final 12 regular season games. The harder part of the Big Ten schedule is behind them. Uh, it's not like there's any easy games. Right. I was actually out with Phil Martelli last week when they were out in Ann Arbor, and he said every game's like a second-round NCAA game. Yeah. He's now, of course, Phil's now an assistant in Michigan. Um, so they, they are deeper um, than most of the Big Ten teams. Um, they're certainly faster than most of them. They're more experienced than a lot of them. So I think they are well positioned for the stretch run but with the advisory that there's, you know, other than like there's an at Nebraska, at Northwestern, and Northwestern home game where they'll be significantly favored in those three. Other than those three, I mean, every other game is close to a pick 'em game. You just got to win your share, and especially win the home games. But yeah, they're they're on target to get an NCAA bid, and uh, and yeah, they're the kind of team, and, and this is the kind of season where anybody can hot. You could win, you could win multiple games because there's no great teams out there. Think the, and the last time, I guess, it was two right, 2011 when they lost to Temple. In that was the last time they were in the tournament. That is, that is correct, Mike. They've been they've uh, they won the NIT two years ago. Right, they that's were right. they were. They were, should have been closer than they actually were, as it turned out, to making the NCAA. They had some injuries and a mm-hmm. and some misses by one of their key players at the wrong time, or they probably would have been in there. By the end, they were like a Sweet 16 caliber team. But yeah, they had, since Coach Patrick has been there, they have not made it. Uh, they, you know, but this is certainly his best team, his deepest team, and they they position themselves at a non-conference by going 10 and one. How about and, this? Penn State a five, Villanova in the East, and they meet in the second round. Yeah, that would be great. You'd hear a lot of attitude. <laughs> well, attitude. well and, and Dick, it's what, nine teams from the Big Ten may get in? Yeah, I mean, Just bring I, them all think, in. Yeah, if it, if it was today, they'd probably get 10. Uh, you know, I would uh, hope that they would get 11 from the Big Ten just to prove how stupid the name is, Big Ten, like when it. you get 11 in. I like it. Well, yeah, tw- <laughs> at the moment, 12 are in the top 50 in the net. 
but you know somebody's going to fade out of there uh at some point and, you know the only two teams that have no chance are northwestern and nebraska uh, but yeah everybody else is, is still in play and they haven't even, we haven't even gotten to the halfway point of the league season where eight games penn state's eight games in and they play 20 so and they're all going to beat up on each other too which correct you know. yeah and, and somebody's going to get in a really long losing streak uh yeah, I, I thought at the beginning of the season, any team that could go like 15 and five would win it. And it may, it could even be like 14 and six by the time this is over. Cause even Michigan state, which was the favorite, they have some flaws when they get mm-hmm. away from East Lansing. And if yeah. you think, if you look at it too, what they're going to benefit from is the soft ACC, not going yes. to get six or seven. But, but the big That's argument exactly will be, correct. should the 11th team from the big 10 get in as opposed to, you know, the second team from some mid-major or, the, right. you know, the Atlantic 10 or something. Well, well, if you think about it, too, the other, the Big 10 and the Big East both may send 9 or 10 this year. And that well, will the Big take... The Big East isn't sending 9 or 10. They got 10 teams in the league. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Else. No, Big East could send 7, though. They, they could. They could. Yeah, this is... A, I thought the Big East last year was the most overrated conference in the country. They got all these teams in the NIT that shouldn't even should have been in any postseason. Not the case this year. Much better this yeah, year, clearly. Better. Dick Girardi of the Penn State uh, Basketball Network and of Mr. Kern's running mate. Thanks for hopping on, man. Thanks for uh, hopping on short notice, Dick. You got it, guys. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Dick Girardi from yep. the... He's the best. He is. He, I, I had... Not only did I have one, the best job, one of the best jobs in, in anybody in our business could have... But I got to run alongside him for decades. Yeah. And any time I would ever have a question about something, he knows basketball. Mm-hmm. He knows a lot of things. He knows horse racing, which is where he came to the Daily News in the first place. But Dick knows basketball very well and, and knows, you know, knows yeah. enough about football to get by to make those picks every week in the Daily yeah, News. Yeah, he does. Um, so we'll step aside. Um, well, we've, uh, going to wrap up the Kobe talk here. When we come back, we'll talk some, just a quick hop around on some of the other issues of the day. Sixers with a nice win over the Lakers on Saturday night, Flyers at the all-star break, and we get ready for Super Bowl 54 with the 49ers and the Chiefs, both in Miami. That's next on working the beat. Looking to reach the sports fans of Philadelphia in a brand new way. This is Kevin Cooney. Each week, the Working to Be podcast with Mike Kern and I brings the hottest topics into this sports crazed town with the people and the events that shape the landscape. Now, your business could connect with those people by advertising on the Working to Be podcast. Join us at 267-546-7277 or email us at workingthebeat at gmail.com to find out how you can reach out to this growing audience. It's the best sports talk in Philadelphia, and you can be a part of it. That's 267-546-7277 or workinthebeat at gmail.com to join the Workin' the Beat podcast family. And we're back here on Workin' the Beat. Kevin Cooney, Mike Kern, as we gladly glad to join you here on a Monday evening as we now get set for Super Bowl 54, which will take place in Miami on Sunday. Both teams, while well, the Chiefs arrived yesterday, I believe the 49ers arrived earlier today, tonight, Super Bowl media night. Um, Is it t- I thought they always did that like on a Tuesday. No, nah, they now made a primetime event on a Monday. And then the play, then you don't get the play the rest of the week. That's it. No, 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 no. You get little smaller press conferences, uh, okay. but the big. This is the day where they bring like 150 people into the, the and you got to pick who you want and run around. 
Kind we're of. basically like you're 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 battling with every other you know one. If you could be a tree, which tree? Yeah, would you pretty be? much. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and we should point out on Thursday we will have um, Eddie Bark. That's right. Talking prop bets. So get all your prop bet needs together. Um, some good props out there. Yeah, I looked at some of them, but we'll get into the, that. That one that you sent me. Like, because I'd have to now go by the parks thing because yes. Better's Insider, yeah, connected with parks. They don't have the, all those goofy ones. Yeah, like I gotta go the get national a list, anthem actually. ones, and because I always used to bet the national anthem, which I always thought was, I always wondered, like, if the girl knew she was gonna have blonde hair, why couldn't she tell somebody and they go bet a couple large on the blonde hair? But I anyway, no clue. it you know, it's it's this has the makings to be a great Super Bowl. It doesn't mean it will be. But rarely is the line basically a pick 'em. I mean, mm-hmm. I know San Francisco's getting a point and a half, but that's basically telling you it's a pick 'em because Mahomes should be favored because when you see a team score points like they score, that tends to get the public juiced up. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll see if, you know, San Francisco's defense is up to the task. And their offense is obviously, well, if they run the ball for 300 yards again, I guess they got a fairly good shot, chance of winning. And I think if you're looking at, if you're the Chiefs, you cannot fall behind like you did in the first two games of the playoffs here. You can't go well, behind. they could. I mean, it would be really difficult. Well, not by 24. Right? That, yeah. But if they fell behind by 7 10? or 10, I, they're the one team that you would say, okay, they got a chance. Maybe not against this team. But, you know, Mahomes is dangerous. They they score in like, you know. I, I mean, and last year's Super Bowl was not good. Although, me personally, I think it was a testament to Bill Belichick and what he is capable. In fact, I think that was his finest hour. Right. Holding that team to whatever they held him, six points or whatever. But um, it wasn't a good Super Bowl. The year before that, of course, was the Eagles. And that was one of the best Super Bowls, even if the Eagles. Because people want to see points scored. That's Then you had the Falcons, I think, the year before that. That was an exciting game. We had Seattle, New England, not that long ago. Super Bowl Forty Nine. Yeah, the Denver game was bad because obviously Seattle just trashed them. Denver's last two Super Bowls, the Seattle game and the and the Carolina game, the Carolina game yeah. were all Carolina game was bad. Um, so I got a feeling that look, I, maybe it is over midway through the fourth quarter. I I don't know, but it has a chance. I think to be a pretty yeah, entertaining game. Um, I think it's going to be lower scoring than people think. Because they automatically... Being in that setting always changes things. Well, I looked at the weather, because I'm a research kind yes, of guy. Yes, what is the weather? It's only like a 10% chance of rain, or because Florida, you know, I mean, in Florida, you can always get something like that. And Now, let me ask you, is that a grass field or, or a turf? It's a grass field. Well, that's going to slow it down. I mean, that will slow Kansas City down some. It's one of those strange buildings, too, because they've put, like, the roof over the stands, but not not over the plane surface. Is so, that the one that we used to cover? That was Joe. Robbie. Is that this Joe? No, this is a new stadium. It's not Joe Robbie anymore. It is Joe Robbie, but it's revi- revamped. And they, Joe they Robbie. put like more of a they re- put a canopy over okay. the stands. Okay, so like Dallas's old field, a little bit. It's a little wider. Okay, and they've made it more of a box thing. So if it kinda. rains, it will still rain. The wind might get cut down. Is I guess what you're trying yeah, to tell me? Pre- pretty much. Okay, but and tur- they've also they've also cut out some of the corners. Okay, but um, grass is different than turf when you're not. I don't think either team plays on grass. I don't. Maybe I should check that out. Made this. No, Francisco play Kansas on, City plays on grass. Actually, both play on grass. They don't play on turf. No, in Kansas City they have grass. Wow, well, it might be one of those field turf kind of like hybrids. Well, like a hybrid kind of thing. Okay, no, I'm just saying, but it is still different. I think so. Okay, because I'm just figured in Kansas City you don't want to have grass in December, but maybe I'm wrong. I'll have to look it up. 
I should ask Boop. Boop would know. I mean, and it also boils down to, you know, <laughs> you know, the biggest focus of this week is going to be at least around here on Andy Reid. It's the only focus around And Andy here. did a little bit of a tour of Philadelphia last week. Our buddy Derek Gunn went out to see him uh, for a story. Uh, he was on, obviously, with Ike and, and uh, John Marks and Ike Reese on, uh, I think it was Thursday. Um, it, it, it's fascin- It's going to be fascinating to me how Sunday, when Sunday comes here, where kind of the mood around here is going to be. Because there's some people, look, Angelo is pretty adamant yeah. that, that Andy cost them a title and he That's sells fine. himself out. And, That's fine. Um, it has but, nothing but, to do with but, the game. It's just the sidelight. Yeah, but I don't... I, the, 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 Andy Reid, and I understand where Angelo is coming from, and I, I will give Angelo credit on the character for having the characters. But every team in the league does that now. Mm-hmm. So, but okay, but I'll, I'll give him that. Mm-hmm. Um, he did it with Michael Vick here. So even though Michael had paid his his debt, um, Andy doesn't owe Philadelphia a damn thing. He came here and took over a crap franchise, made it into for a decade. One of the best franchises in the NFL. Yep. I don't want to hear about the NFC. He stunk. I don't want to hear. Yes, they lost too many big games that they got to for whatever reasons. Where they didn't put enough receivers around. I mean, the year they lost Time to Carolina. The year they lost to Carolina, they were playing without their offensive and defensive MVPs. Westbrook didn't play in that game, and Emmons didn't play in that game. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, the, the only one I fault them for is the Tampa game. That, to me, they should have won that game. And if they had won that game, I think they would have won the Super Bowl because I think they would have beat the Raiders. Well, think about it. everybody. You know, I'll give you an example. The 08, well, the game to Carolina, he loses Donovan, basically, with the with the broken rib. But Westbrook wasn't playing and Emmons wasn't playing. Right. So, they only scored three. They only scored right. six points. But the, but the cheap shot against McNabb did that game in in the second quarter where he got sure. crunched. And, but they played back-to-back home NFC title games. And scored six points in the last 129, 119 minutes of those games. Because yeah. they scored a touchdown in the opening minute against Tampa. And he got outcoached by Gruden. Yeah. Big time. Um, but the one in the Rams game, hey, they, were, they weren't. They were in it. Here's the, two minutes here's to go the thing I was on the road. About. The thing I was thinking about, though, the other, three times was it three, in the playoffs. They had the ball against the Rams at midfield. And went three, four and out. Donovan couldn't move them past there. Yeah. Against the Cardinals, it was the same thing. They were at midfield. Now, Donovan had given them the lead. Then the Cardinals came back and scored. But Donovan had the ball first and 10 at midfield. They went four and out. And, it, you know, and Donovan wonders say, why we... And I'm not blaming him for the loss. I, I don't mean it that way. Um, I will and they s- did lose to the Patriots. I will say the Cardinals game... Um, you know, Donovan left with the lead in the fourth quarter. Right. And that defense then gives it right back up. When they could have got off the field on a fourth down, all that. That was not, and sadly, it was Jim Johnson's last game. That was not the best defensive performance we've seen out, out of a Jim Johnson defense at the worst possible time. I mean, that's all that was. Yeah, but the offense, they, they, they had the big third quarter. They were losing pretty good. They were down 14. But yeah. then, once again, they got the ball to midfield. And went four and out without, I think, even picking up a yard. So I'm not blaming. I'm just saying it's you know, um, look, they got they got to four or five NFC title games in in nine years. years. Yeah, I'm sorry, I, I I can't. Yes, did they come up short? 
Absolutely. And and if you want to be... And if Owens, by the way, if Owens is completely healthy... No, they, he had 10 catches for 130 yards. I'm, no. They, but he wasn't a deep threat. They didn't play well enough in that game. And again, some of that's on Donovan... The two interceptions he threw at the end of the first half when he got when he got a mulligan. Yep. Okay, but that's they, they were seven seven at the half and they should have been up probably like seventeen seven. Mm-hmm. That's okay, and the, and it was the Patriots and maybe they were cheating. Maybe who knows? The the only thing that sticks to, to me about that game is a seven minute drive, mm-hmm. and I don't care if Donovan Chuck during that. I don't care the seven minute drive and then the onside kick. Well, the onside, yeah, he didn't have to onside kick. Well, look, it's Tom Brady. He had three, he had no, three timeouts I, and the two-minute warning. But you got to stop Tom Brady. I guess that's what it comes down to. Do you think what he was telling us, I think, is we don't think we can stop Tom Brady from making a first down. Whereas if you can, then you're going to get the ball back. Yeah, so, but, but, to, to, but to trash Andy the way some people do, I mean, come on. His last couple years stunk. I get it. His son died. He was dealing with it. I get it. Uh, maybe he should have stopped and been maybe been more of a father. I don't know, but man, he did, don't the guy gave us ten mm-hmm. really good years that we had never had before. We'd never had a ten year run like that with the Eagles. And it's funny because, like, think about the the coaches in the city who leave here to go and win. And this is across other sports. This is not just Andy, but you know Terry Francona. There was a bitterness. Towards Francona when he won his World Series with, not by with me. the Red Sox, I must, I must but with the Red in, Sox, yeah. I must be living in a different world because I was. No, I'm not saying by you. I'm yeah, saying, but by Philadelphians. That's I'm, I don't. He had a bad team in Philly. <laughs> I think Larry Brown. There was bitterness that year when he won because of the way he left Philadelphia. Yeah, but Larry leaves everywhere that that way. I know we weren't the only ones. There's like 20 other teams. <laughs> he stayed. He, he stayed longer in Philly than he stayed anywhere in his life. Craig Berube, I guess, is the only one who got welcome back. Like, uh, you know. yeah, that's hockey. You know, he, hockey's different. He duked it out in the corners. They, they, we love hockey players forever. It's, you know, but um, look, and I don't think I, I, I've heard this this week. They're going to debate this. I don't think I think Andy's in the Hall of Fame. I value Ray Dittinger's opinion because I think Ray knows what goes on. He's the sixth winningest coach in NFL history. He's going to coach more. I don't know if he's going to pass any more guys or how this thing's going to end. But they say, well, you know, he needs to win the Super Bowl. I think if he wins the Super Bowl, then it's a then it's a done deal. It's over. Yeah. Put him in. But if they were to lose this week, sure again blown he's going, out like 40, 45 to but, three. But a loss but, is a loss is a loss. He's going to come back next year, you would think. Now maybe not have another know, shot. But we know Super Bowl losers don't always do that. Mm-hmm. But I mean I, and I think Andy's probably, he's my age. I think he's got another three, four, five years left in him. I agree. So he's going to win another 40 games, 50 games, whatever he's going to win. He's going to get him up to like 250, 260 somewhere. I'm sorry. I mean, and, and, I, and I'm not necessarily saying that, that a guy like, you know, the argument becomes should Bud Grant be in, in the Hall of Fame? Should Marv Levy be in the Hall of Fame? The guy made four straight Super Bowls. I mean... Like, what am I supposed to say? Yeah, it would have been nice if you could have won one. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I bear, I'm i not openly, like, my world is not going to end if Andy doesn't win this week. Mm-hmm. My world is not going to be complete if Andy does win. But I think there's a part of me that say, I, I mean, I have no fish in the fight with uh, San Francisco. Right. So, why not Andy? You know, I mean, you know, he seems like a decent guy. I don't know. You were around him some, weren't you? I mean, you didn't yeah, really cover. I, I didn't. 
I, now look, I wasn't the main guy. Yeah. Okay, the press conferences could be brutal. The press conferences could be. I yeah. hate to break it to every M- NBA or NFL coach's press conference. Is that what we judge a guy by? I mean, as far as getting in the Hall of Fame, you know who was great at the press conference? Chip Kelly. Chip hey, Kelly was great hey, at making people laugh. Yeah, he wasn't he, a great coach. But he got on people's nerves after a while yeah, because he was condescending. Uh, and, you know, I'm going to hit some rapid fire things here. Villanova up to eight in the latest AP poll. Well, uh, they won twelve of thirteen, I think. Yeah, nice win Saturday at Providence. They were they were one point underdog, I think. Um, look, it's an evolution. Their team's coming together. I think they have the potential to make a little bit of a run in the NCAA. Mm-hmm. Not sure they're going to win the Big East because, like you said, the Big East is pretty good. Well, they're the, they're in the, oh, yeah, the driver's spot right now. Well, well, I know. I think Seton Hall's in front of them. I think Seton Hall's still unbeaten. Seton Hall's behind them. Well, who's ahead of them? Isn't there, wasn't there no, they're the highest ranked Big East. Oh, uh, no, I'm not talking about the rankings. I'm talking about the standings. I will check that now. Seton Hall, I think, is still ahead of them in the standings. They're unbeaten. But anyway, yeah. And, and they haven't even gotten anything out of that guard. And I don't think they're going to get anything, anything out, of him. out of that card. And he may be, were you the one telling, saying it the other day? That Who knows? He could end up leaving. Leaving. I, I don't know that. But I think. Seeing Hall 7 0, Villanova yeah. 6 1. But I think it would be nice if that kid had come along. Why well, I can't remember his name. I'm, 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 I apologize to our listeners. But he was supposed to have an impact this year. He was supposed to be the guy that took some of the pressure off Colin. Colin Gillespie, by the way, is playing really well. Yeah. I mean, for a guy that I didn't think was this good. He's playing really well. Samuels is playing well. So Brian Antoine? Yes. Yes, Antoine. Right. I believe that's him. Um, Kid from Jersey. Yes. Ten and Falls. Yeah, and I, I don't think he's doing much of anything. I mean, I, I you know, and it's been since I covered the games in, in Myrtle Beach. That was two months ago. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, look, they're deep. I mean, they they have a lot of guys who... This is about are, next year, Kevin. It is. and But that doesn't mean... They can't make you a run can't now. do something this year. You know, it'll be interesting. I like that second round matchup. Penn State Villanova is a, is a four five game. That's possible. Villanova yeah. could be a four. I'm actually I'm actually looking this up right now. With uh, January twenty fourth, so this was going into the weekend, correct? Yeah. Today's the twenty seventh. I think Villanova would be a, fi- a four or a five in Joe's that one that you're going to look at. Joe has them as a the last four. No, no, you're saying Villanova. Villanova, I think, was the last four because Giuliano had written a story about it. No, it's been moved then. So where? what are they? That's what I'm looking. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. Last four. Yeah. They will play Loyola. And where did you have Penn State? Yes, Penn State is a seven in Tampa. Yeah, okay. Which, by the way, is the better travel gig than Albany. See, <laughs> I think Jay Wright, Jay Wright plays all his games in, like, Albany, Providence, that's where they go in the first round. Buffalo. They don't, they don't, yeah, they don't Pittsburgh. Although he never wants to see Buffalo again. Well, hey, look, uh, they've been to Pittsburgh a couple times, too, and that, that didn't turn out too well to one time. Um, Jay, if you get an option, go to Tampa. Not in the, not in the opening rounds or not. They're going to be East Coast bound. And where, where's the East Regional this year? Uh, New York City. Oh, God. If they send, if Jake's team can Well, they, they have them going to the West. That's or, fine. I'm sorry, they have them going to the Midwest in Indianapolis. But if Jay gets in the regional mm-hmm. and somehow they make it to New York City, he, they're playing in New York next December. They're in that. Um, they're in one of the, like, one of the tournaments. Pre- like Jimmy V Classic he or something. He loves that. Jay loves that stuff. Um, Sixers with a nice win over the Lakers the other night. Real nice. Uh, sounds like 
Joel Embiid could be back tomorrow night against the uh, Warriors, yeah. which I think is yeah. But and then Josh Richardson might be out in a while because hammies are hammies. I mean, See, here's the thing with them, Kevin. To me, you have to figure out when Joel Embiid is back, and and you know how you get Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris to play like that with Embiid on the court. That's the 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 and trick. that's the coach. That's got to be the coach because it, I agree. When Simmons, this is why I'm going to stop you every time you mention trading Ben Simmons for anybody other than uh, Luka Doncic or something, because that nobody can Luka do what Doncic. he does. He just can't shoot. He won't shoot. And you know what? That may keep them from getting to where they want to go. But when he does stuff like he did the other night, Christ, the last. Three weeks, I think he's shooting like 75% from the floor. Yeah. Now, all the shots are from five feet or dunks or whatever, but, you know, and he seems like a better player when he beats yeah. there, which is weird. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, hopscotch in the hockey. By the way, did you see any of the All-Star? Weekend? Come on. Okay. Um, Flyers actually will begin the second half just out of a playoff spot, one point behind Carolina for the second wild card, but only... Really, they're in the hunt even to get within the 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 second seed of the Metropolitan, which will be Pittsburgh, is seven up. Um, Seven's a lot. Seven points is, but they also have a lot of games against the Penguins coming up too. Yeah, and they won't win all those games. But no, that's that's okay. I mean, they might win more than they don't. Um, uh, I, Sam Carcidi was saying he thinks they need one more trade. Every team needs one more trade. The Sixers need one more to trade. make the playoffs. The, I mean, look, if you're one point out, you can make the playoffs, I think, mm-hmm. with what you got. But then Sam covers the team. I think you could always try to get better. Um, they have the same problem the Sixers. They play like crap on the road. Yeah. Which is, you know, I mean, 10, Carter, 13, Carter Hart at 10 home. and 13 and 2 on the road. Yeah, what's Carter, 17, 4 and what's 4 Carter at home. Hart on the road? He stinks. Yeah, he's not And good. at home, he's almost like unbeatable. It's going to be interesting to see when Hart will come back and as well. And the problem is, if you're the Flyers... You want to try to avoid that first round matchup that's really going to be almost yeah. You, know, you don't want to play the Caps if you can. Or you don't Boston. want to play the Lightning. There's too many good. Well, teams. Boston would be the one. Okay. Uh, that, that. I mean Pittsburgh. Maybe you know Pittsburgh's not quite what Pittsburgh was. I mean, you know. But and the other thing, I'd is, rather I rather face the Lightning than the Penguins. Yeah, but not Caps, after last year. I don't think the Lightning's going to. I think the Lightning could make a deep run this year. Usually, don't get whacked out like that no. two years in a row. Unless you're the Caps. I think it's important for the Flyers to get into the the guaranteed spot in the Metropolitan, which is one, two, three. If you're not familiar with the NHL playoff. Yeah, I'm not. Okay. I mean, I, I am. It used to be I, one through eight. Now each division's guaranteed three okay, teams. Okay, so if they're the three, the Met, do they, but they would still go on the road then. Yeah, but they would play Pittsburgh as like, opposed to playing is, one of the division champions. you're a crummy road team, if you get in a series where you're starting on the road and playing a potential four games, it's hard because their road record's mm-hmm. so bad. That means you got to basically... Go three and zero at home, and hope that you can win a road game, and that's probably the position they're going. To, I mean, the Sixers are a little different. If the Sixers, even though they've stunk on the road, if the Sixers, God forbid, and I still think they could be the two seed, or, right? But if they're like the five seed, let's just say for sake of argument, which mm-hmm. I don't think they'll be, and they got to go on the road, I still think they could win series, even though they've stunk on the road so far, because I think the playoffs are a little different than that. But I just don't know if the Flyers. Maybe they can. Maybe you may. One thing about the Flyers we should point out. It's really 10 teams for eight spots within the Eastern Conference right now because 
The Flyers are the first team out. That they're nine. Yeah, some teams are, Hold on. are guaranteed, aren't they? Just about. I mean, you're saying. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm. Yeah, but yeah. It's, right, it's. I got you. I got you. And Toronto's right. Toronto is three points behind them, and then it drops all the way off to Buffalo, and Montreal, who are who are nine points behind the Flyers. So, the Flyers are in that. How can Montreal mix. and Toronto always stink? Montreal and Toronto, Toronto spent so much Toronto money. Toronto hasn't won oh a my. cup since 67. Montreal hasn't won a cup 93. since 93. Nobody in Canada has won a cup since 93. Well, that's true. But those were the teams. I mean, they're... they're How's Vancouver never I mean, won Montreal a cup? Montreal is the Yankees. They're the Yankees. That's that's who they are. They're the Celtics. I think that the Stanley Cup playoffs are the biggest case of par the punt, puck luck. Okay, because... Yeah, but not in Montreal's case. They just haven't been good. Look, Montreal, a lot of their titles, obviously, I, I know they won the four in the 70s yeah. with Dryden and, and, and by Robinson yeah. and all that. Most of their titles, though, are from a bygone age of a 16 league. Well, because they could draft, it was like the Yankees in the yeah. 50s. The Yankees got. Since you've gone to this kind of modern formula where you have over 80s, 20 They teams. won in 86, they won in 93, 93. and yeah, 79. You got to go because the, the drought from. From from eighty six to ninety three, tied their longest drought ever. It was seven years, right? Which I think would have been also seventy nine to eighty six. I think they won in seventy two. No, no. But I'm saying they won seventy two to seventy six, and then seventy six to seventy nine. They won four straight, right? So I'm saying it was the longest in their history. Their whole history had been seven years. I'm not exactly crying for them when this team hasn't oh. won since seventy five. Oh, no, no, no. I, I don't mean it that way. I'm just saying, but they're they're like Canada's national team. Or at least Quebec's national team. I don't right. know. Toronto may be Canada's national team because Hockey Night kind of shows them And they them haven't down. even been in the final since 67. I don't know if Montreal's been Has Montreal been in a final since 93? I don't think so. I think they've been in a couple, for a couple conference finals. How about this? I'm actually looking at the standings now. No Canadian team in the Eastern Conference will make the playoffs as of right now. What's the other? Ottawa? So you got three, right? Ottawa. Toronto, Montreal. Toronto, Montreal. And in the West, it's what, Winnipeg, Calgary, and Vancouver? Actually, Vancouver, Edmonton, and Calgary would all make. Winnipeg is out. So there's so. seven Canadian teams. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just, to me, it would be, it would be like the Yankees going 25 years without. And I know they haven't won a lot lately. Um, and they had their periods in the late 60s and early yep. 70s where they stunk. But it's just weird, man. I mean, and I still, the, the, the Sixers are going to, are going to perplex us all the way up to whatever yeah, happens. I agree. Because they could do anything from reaching the NBA Finals, to which if you get to the NBA Finals, I'm assuming... To losing in the first round. No. No, 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 no. I wouldn't go that far. I, I think if they lost in the first round, and I don't know who that matchup would be, I'm, I'm assuming you're saying it would be like a 4-5 matchup. Yeah. Uh, actually... That would be disastrous. That would. Um, breaking news, actually, on the NBA front. The NBA has postponed all games tomorrow. Because of Kobe? Because of Kobe. Wow. That See, I don't agree with that. Because the Lakers... Cor- a correction. I'm sorry. Correction. The Lakers game has been postponed. Okay. Okay. And when they're going to... Are they going to make that uh, up? Are they going to not make that up? Or? Has been postponed. The NBA announces. That's all it says. Yeah. So the Lakers, the Lakers game tomorrow night to Depot Center has been postponed. Who were they supposed to play? They were supposed to play the Clippers. Okay. Okay. Well, they can make that game up because the Clippers obviously uh, playing the same game. game will be rescheduled at a later date. Yeah. That's, um, yeah. I, and you know what? I'm okay with that. But not the rest of the league. 
you know, you do your tribute, you right. do what you do. Um, I thought yesterday what they did was a lot of classy things with the 24-second um, violations and things like that. And one thing I noticed, Kevin, and I mean, I, the NBA seems like it's a tighter fraternity with the players. They're, they're all kind of, um, I mean, you covered baseball a lot. And I, I mean, but the, yeah. the, the, the basketball players really, and I, I guess that's maybe because they play against each other in the summers or they play or, or well, whatever. I don't know. And I think when you boiled down to it yesterday, and look, it's a generational thing. And I think that most of the generation that's in the league now grew up watching Kobe Absolutely. as their hero. Absolutely. No and, doubt. LeBron grew up and, watching Kobe as right. a hero. And, and the other part of this is, you know, when you deal with players who are 21, 22, 23, and I learned this actually, you know, we mentioned, I heard this mentioned actually in a, another subject was the, the death of Pelly Lindbergh. And Al, oh, Al Morgani mentioned this. Absolutely. I forgot about you that You were one. dealing with a lot of people who had never experienced death. A lot of a lot of young people who had gone through their lives with maybe both grand or, you know, had not known a grandparent who had passed away or a parent who had passed mm-hmm. away or, or whatever. I think for some of them, there was that, that somebody they were close to maybe sure. because of the age difference. And there's others who quite frankly, maybe knew too much tragedy in their lives and you never get the immunity build up on something like But this. I think like Kobe, I think like they would run into each other a lot. Like, yeah. like maybe they'd be working out somewhere and Kobe would be in the gym or I think basketball players are more like that because you need other basketball players. Plus Kobe players. had kind of become more public the last year sure. or so after his retirement sure. and he had kind of felt comfortable getting back to basketball because of his daughter, mm-hmm. because of the way he felt about the game as a and his business had been mm-hmm. kind of established to some degree. Well, I remember the Pelly Lindbergh. I'm sorry I forgot that one. Um, it was a Sunday, and I remember getting a phone call from somebody. I don't think I wound up actually doing anything on it, but I think Bill Fleischman, somebody called me and said, you know, there's been an accident. I said, well, how how is he, like, doing? And it was like, ain't, you know, the, the Porsches. But that, that was the thing with the Hank Gathers one. They were so young. Mm-hmm. And th- these 21, 22-year-old kids, and you remember, they went on the run. They went into the NCAA tournament, won the three games, and they were crying the whole way. And then they lost to UNLV in the, the West Regional Final. I guess UNLV won the title that year. Um, yeah, when, when people – I mean, look, if God forbid something happened to me soon, I've lived a fairly long life, relatively speaking. There's always people – when you pass, when you're 20s, mm-hmm. 30s, and even Kobe looks so young. Yeah. I mean, for 41, he looks like he's 31, you know? And, um, yeah, and, and when you saw the, f- the photos mm-hmm. yesterday with him and his daughter up yeah. in that game in New Jersey, uh, up in Brooklyn, Brooklyn a few weeks ago, yeah. and you just, he looked so happy. He looked, you know, and it's just, you know. The next Lakers game. Life we sh- sucks. The next Lakers game, we should point out, will be Friday night at home against the Trailblazers. So, yeah. that I... And they'll do something, I'm sure. I'm sure they just needed some extra time. They are the Lakers are scheduled to play a back to back in Well I'm, I'm wondering when they're gonna have like the memorial service or something. I mean, well, I don't that know. that may be and that may be another thing. I mean, you know, you have the uh, you have the investigation which is still ongoing. I'm sure there's Oh well that's gonna take months. I, that that'll Right, but uh, the, with the actual scene itself st- there, mm-hmm. I'm sure they have to be very careful on 
moving body, moving bodies, oh, yeah. and 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 because of the way oh no the scene is. But um, I mean, you could do a memorial service without. I mean, I don't mean to be morbid. I'm not try, like trying to be, but I would assume, to me, if you're Los Angeles. It would make sense to have a memorial service at the Staples Center yeah. because you can fit 20,000 people in there and then you have the jumbotrons outside um, where you get another 20,000 and, and that's people. The, and that's the other part. You, you know, it's funny because uh, last night they were showing a lot of the video of, Co- of Kobe when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. And we know the Eagles are the He team. was an Eagles fan, apparently, right. yeah. We are the... The Eagles are what define this city. Okay, More so than... yeah. More so than any other franchise, that is the, yeah. the the lifeblood, the heart. Sure. In Los Angeles. Now, I haven't been there, but I'm taking everybody else's word. While the Dodgers are, there are two teams that define Los Angeles. It's a two-horse town. It's the Lakers and the Dodgers. Yes, they don't care about football. They don't care about the NFL. The, the Clippers have, are, the, are the little brother. Yes, they are. The hockey teams are there. The, yeah, yeah. But they're there. You're That's right. all. You're absolutely right. Okay? Yeah. So... You know, when you saw the pillar, the pillars at LAX last night lit up in purple, when you saw what the reaction, I don't think it's, I don't know if there's a comparison here that would draw a similar. Well, you you look at the lineage. Yeah. I mean, they had George Mikan, although George Mikan played in Minneapolis, but he's part of the Lakers. Okay. Then you go to Elgin Baylor. Then you go to Jerry West. West. Wilt joined them. They, they were one of the great teams of all time. Then Kareem. Then Kareem. Then Magic. Magic. And all the guys with Magic. I mean, the Worthies. and right. the, you know, They were pretty good. They were royalty. They were. And then you had a little lull, and then Shaq comes along. I mean, it took well, Kobe them. and Shaq, yeah. Shaq came first. No, 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 no. Oh, they were the same year. Yeah, you're right, because he left Orlando. Orlando you're, you're in 96. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, uh, you know, Jack Nicholson and Diane, uh, what's her name? Cannon. Cannon sitting there in the, in the seats. And, yeah, the uh, celebrities and everything. And look. Showtime. Pat Riley. I mean, I mean the Dodgers, I think they, they also, Phil, they, right. but the Dodger crowd leaves after the seventh inning. It's, it's, I know, I think they love the Dodgers. I, I do. Um, but I think the Lakers are probably more of the heartbeat at this point. Well, yeah, because I think it's a different crowd. It's more of a, of probably a celebrity. Well, I think more of a uh, a, a how, how can I phrase this the right way? Basketball is not a, a necessarily an elite sport. Right. It's a people sport, and there's a lot of people in Los Angeles. I don't think the people who are going to the Dodgers games are necessarily the same people who root for the Lakers. Is that I, I get? No, I mean, that's I'm not fair. That, the that's people a, who go to the fair. Lakers games might not be those same people because they might not be able to afford Lakers tickets. I don't know that. But, um, you know, I'll bet you there's how many playgrounds you think there are around Los Angeles? Thousand? Thousand. And, and all Thousand those kids are beach. probably wearing, and all those kids are wearing Kobe jerseys. And, you know, I mean, it was like here with Iverson for a while, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, um, yeah, it's, it's, um, you know, it's. And now we have his memories, and thank God you have memories. I mean, it's. Uh, and, the, and this will be a very surreal. You know, honestly, right up to the All Star game, it'll be pretty surreal Did, because you're gonna have the you're gonna have the memorial service and the mass. And are you a surreal, are you a, a a karma kind of person? I, I tend to be a like. If, if I you tend look to at, believe if it. you look at sport, Lakers win the title this year. And I wouldn't have said, necessarily by, said that because I'm not sure they're the best team. And um, we should also point out what a bad year right now for the NBA between what happened with David Stern. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, you're talking two guys in three weeks who define basically the league for a long time. Yeah, but this is a lot worse. Oh, the, Dave, yeah, because David, of the youth. Well, and, and the fact that David was 77. 20-year-old kids aren't relating to David Stern. No, but I'm it, saying like. I know, but they don't. From but a business standpoint, from, it's from, a yeah, tough but, time but for the NBA. His time, yeah, but it, it's not the same. He, you know, David Stern wasn't being chanted in China. No. Um, or Europe, even though he was the man responsible for Mike for Jensen's column. By the way, if you get a shot, two columns we should recommend. Well, three. I'll Sealski's. Sealski's Sealski's was really was outstanding. Good. Yeah, uh, go Mike, hug someone. Mike Je- Mike Jensen's on Donnie Kobe Carr and, and and on Donnie. Yeah, and actually the one yesterday on uh, following Kobe around in China. Yep, and uh, Bill Platsky, um, the LA Times fine column. What he wrote about? Wrote about talking the. Kobe, like basically, like he had talked to Kobe last week about LeBron passing him for third and mm-hmm. how he had mellowed and how they had like even a little bit of an I don't want to say an off the record conversation, but like you know Kobe's like, hey, anything you need, man. You mm-hmm. know, you were here when I started, and I, mm-hmm. you know, and you started when I started, and all that. And he's like, you know, and damn, you know, here we are. You know, he's gone. And one know? funny thing with Michael is. He never seemed like he mellowed for a while. It took Michael like a like if you would dare suggest that LeBron might be better than him, you know, it was just like Well, Michael's Hall of Fame speech was angry. Yeah. And and I never understood that. Like, look, I think Will Chamberlain's the best player that ever played. That's me. I you know, to me, you have to put the centers over here somewhere, Kareem, Russell. But okay. And and LeBron, by the time LeBron's play, done playing, he might I might think he's a better. They're different players, and Michael's always going to have the six and zero record in the finals, and I, I get all that. But why do you have to be angry about it? Like people love Michael. It's yeah. not why. And you're right. I mean, why? Why would you? I and and Kobe seemed like he had come to grips with whatever he had to come to grips with, because he was a nasty player. Yeah. You know, and towards the end, it was getting like you know, people saying Kobe, you're not, and and him leaving us with a sixty point night. I mean, you know, and his 81 is still the only person that did better was Wilt. And that was actually, you know, some people said that he did that, you know, just the show. There was like the uh, 60 or the 81. The 81. Guess what? He did that because they had to play that way to win that game. I remember But that I don't night. care. I don't care. No, I, if he scored the 81, it's still 81. And only one guy in NBA history did better. And that was Will. <laughs> it's like, I love it when people try to, like, you know, digest things. And, you know, it's like, well, LeBron's only three and five in finals. Well, he took two teams to finals that had no business being in the playoffs, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and lost to Golden State a couple times. And then he beat Golden State. And, I mean, ah, come on. Yeah, so well, the, the other part before we go, this was going to be a Hall of Fame class going in uh, this year up in uh, Springfield. That was going to be, well, it was going to be Kobe. It was going to be, all together, it was supposed to be Kobe, Tim Duncan, and uh, Dirk Nowitzki. We're all supposed to go in together. And they could still add others, right? Because they haven't voted right. yet. But, but, the, but yeah, they, have announced, sure. they have announced, obviously, Kobe is going in. Right. And Duncan. And, yeah, because nobody won't vote for him like they didn't vote for Dory Cheater. No, I'm just busting. Um, boy, what a threesome. I mean, Tim Duncan is just as good as Kobe. 
He won five titles. Yeah. He won MVPs. He won finals MVPs. He just was an understated guy. And playing in San Antonio as opposed to Los Angeles. But he but he was different type. And he, he, right. he never talked. He never did. Um, and Dirk Nowitzki, the best European player that's ever played. Who was in the draft after Kobe I was and that, Iverson. I was at that draft. That and, was the and one. The Sixers, Sixers drafted Hughes. Larry Hughes. Yeah. But passed and on Paul, passed on Paul Pierce, too. I'm sitting there because I had written. I, they sent me out. I was at the U.S. Open. It was right. in California. It was in Pebble Beach. or, or And Olympic I think this Olympic. was in. 98. It was, so it was two years after Allen. Right. And it wasn't in it New was York. Bibby. Bibby was. No, it was in Vancouver. It was in Vancouver, right. Bibby was the um, the second pick. For the Grizzlies. Think, for the Grizzlies. So I, they sent me up to Vancouver. I get up there. I'm running around. I got to try to write something. So I write Larry Hughes the day before the draft. Dave Koski comes over to me, the Sixers guy. Mike, that was great. He goes, we're, we're going to take him. And I'm thinking, okay, well, yeah, I, I didn't know that. Why are you listening but, to me? <laughs> <laughs> but but um, they re- apparently really liked him because people said if he had come back the next year, he would have been like the number one pick. Okay. So then we're watching this draft, and, he, and I don't know who Dirk Nowitzki is. I, you know, But Paul Pierce keeps dropping, and, and then it gets to the Sixers, and all of a sudden, Paul, and I'm thinking like, my God. Larry Brown, they're going to take Paul Pierce, and they and, and then they took uh, Hughes, who turned out not to be the right pick, and, and and which went so against Larry's grain because Larry a Kansas guy. But they were going to pair him with Allen. Allen. That was the big thing. After trying to pair him with Stackhouse, mm-hmm. maybe Stackhouse was the year after. No, Stackhouse had been the year before that. And I'm sitting there. They could have and Pierce and Nowitzki. I think were the two next picks because Nowitzki got traded. He got drafted by somebody at, at Bucks, I think it was, and they right. trade. They made some kind of trade to Dallas. And I'm like, Pierce and Nowitzki, like <laughs> I was in Myrtle Beach. I was in Myrtle Beach on a golf trip. Good for you with my buddies. Before I got one of my buddies was getting married, and we're on this golf trip. We're having a few pops, and um, we're like, oh my god, Paul Pierce. Oh my God, they're going to take Paul Pierce. They're going to take Paul Pierce. And we're all sitting there like, yes, here we go. Pierce, Iverson. And then they announced. And that was the year there was a big guy from Kansas, Rafe LaFrance. I remember Rafe LaFrance. I remember I sitting in a, ho- in, a, in a restaurant eating and Rafe was like in the restaurant. And that was the year, I think, the two big guys, Chandler and the other guy. What? It was two big Wilson guys. Wilson Chandler. And, uh, and I can't remember the other or Tyson guy. Chandler. Somebody went me. to Chicago. Right. And somebody went. But Mike Bibby went too. Mm-hmm. To the to the home team, the Grizz, who then moved, um, and I'm just sitting there. I'm watching them. I'm, I'm going, Paul Pierce, <laughs> Paul Pierce. Well, I I thought for sure Larry was going to change his mind, and then it would have made sense. It was a senior as opposed to a freshman. What Larry Hughes was, it they was they a were getting, Kansas guy. They thought they were getting the perfect pairing with Allen. Uh-huh. That's what they thought. And I like, thought wrong. We always heard that Allen couldn't play with. I mean, who knows? Maybe the Allen Pierce thing wouldn't have worked out. I. Maybe you know if Nowitzki had come, Nowitzki had come here, he wouldn't have uh, worked out. I don't uh, know. I'll quote our friend Jack McCaffrey, who said goodbye, and you know the Iverson Kobe debate. That kind of you know, I'm sure. What debate? Well, the idea that Kobe went behind Iverson, you can't really bitch that the other guy went to the Hall of Fame too. You know, like no. see, I, see, I wouldn't fault the Sixers unless Kobe went like two or three. If twelve other teams passed on him, or he. Yeah, eleven. If somebody traded well, Vladi Givak for her. no, and and the whole, like you said, the whole mentality back then was you're not taking her. Even Garnett, though Garnett had come out the year before, but that wasn't the mentality no, then. You're right. I have no, but Lucas was on. It did say that if now who knows what he would have done if they would have let him. But he did say that he would have taken, and I can only imagine the furor in Philadelphia if well 
First, they would have been okay because he was a local guy. But, but if he had seven, seven a game, and maybe he wouldn't have averaged seven a game with John Lucas. I have no idea. But again, it's like when the Eagles took Donovan McNabb mm-hmm. instead of taking a couple other guys they could have taken. Yeah. It was like the the Sixers took Iverson instead of Marbury. And that was pretty much the two. Mm-hmm. And they took the guy that turned out. Now, was he perfect? No. <laughs> no. But he was ours for 10 years. And, and, and Allen's reaction today was was really good. Because, look, if you remember those games, Lakers and Sixers, beyond just the, the final series, I mean, everybody thinks the finals oh, it was over in five. Sixers played tough in game two. Six play tough in game three, and then just ran out of gas. Well, one guy five. killed him. The, the guy shooting three, Robert Robert Ory, Ory just killed him in like a couple games. And, and that series was lost when Shaq fouled out of game three. Game goes to overtime, and the Sixers still lose. It was game two, I thought. No, game, game three. three went overtime. Game two? three, well, game went two overtime. went overtime. Game two went overtime. Yeah, that series was lost when the Sixers were, got so banged up that mm-hmm. they couldn't walk. Yeah. If they had had their contingent, I'm not saying they they would have won because I still think if Theo Ratliff had not got hurt that year. They would have had a better chance than they did with Dikembe. Not mm-hmm. that Dikembe, but Ratliff was having one. You know, it's short in the window, too. Yes. But um, when they got all banged, I mean, no, McKee wasn't. Uh, McKee was Snow hurt. Was, Lynch was hurt. Snow, Snow was, was hurt. hurt. Um, the power forward guy was hurt. Tyrone Hill. Hill. They were all hurt. Allen was the only guy who was, who was hurt. Allen was hurt. Allen just played through it. But, but it's funny how you think, though, how, like, if they had had a one-and-done rule back then, and Kobe had to play a year of college, he might have been the top pick the next year. Yeah. Because he would have went to college, you know, that was the year. So the next year was Stackhouse was like the third pick. Well, no, Stackhouse was before Iverson. No, I thought Stackhouse was, was before Iverson. Okay, and I'm getting it wrong. Okay, 97. That, 97 was the Larry Hughes year. No, 98 was Larry Hughes. Larry, the, the, the 98 draft was in Vancouver. Because right. I was at that. So I don't, that, that was Larry Hughes was 98. I don't know who the 97 draft was. I'm actually looking it up. First pick was Tim Duncan. Okay. That's right. Because the Sixers would have got. Dunk, um, they Duncan, got, they got Keith Van Horn the next year. Right. And another great. And they traded him, didn't they? Or eventually traded him. Because um, Dunk, that's right. If Duncan had come out the year before mm-hmm. that, when he could have, instead of going back for his senior year. Oh, uh, the Sixers would have got Cause Tim Because Tim, Tim Thomas went to the Nets. Right. And that's why Patino went to, because um, he thought he was going to get Tim Duncan. He thought he had, and and Tim decided to stay a year. Because the, the Celtics picked second, I guess, in 96 when they took Chauncey Billups. Mm-hmm. Is that right? But if, so if, so who went to in 97? Was that Van Horn? Van Horn. I think Kobe goes ahead of Van Horn. Yeah. But that could be me. He could have went Chauncey Billups went three. Okay. But he could have went to Duke and maybe, um, you know, so the Sixers got Tim Thomas out of that draft. Yes, they did. Yeah. Hey, he made $100 million. And yeah. I, I can never fault a guy for making $100 million. I can't fault a guy for making $10 million. No. So. And then in 98, we were talking about this earlier. The Sixers took Hughes eighth. Dirk went nine. Pierce went 10. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. What are you going to do? Well, you can't. And they still made the finals three years later yeah. after almost trading Allen. If yeah. Matt Geiger hadn't <laughs> objected to taking a 15% pay cut or something like that, they would have traded Allen Iverson. Yeah. Hey. By, tell you. by the way, the number one pick in that draft, I want to see how good your memory is. What year? 98 in Vancouver. I thought it was one of those big guys. 
Chandler or the other guy? It was a big guy, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Mike Bibby was two. Rafael French went third. Right. I can't remember the guy's name. Mo- Michael Ola Candy. Oh, 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 right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Well, was that Tyson Chandler's year? Remember, I got the years wrong. Um, I think you got the year wrong. Okay. There's one year. Fourth one- was An- uh, Antoine Jameson. No, okay. It's a different year because the one year. Right. And that fifth I- was Vince Carter. Okay. There was another year where like these two. still playing. These two big guys who never amounted to a whole lot. Tyson right. Chandler and another guy. Oh, Michael. Oh, yeah. Where he played Pacific or something? Yep. Yeah. Played nine years in the league. Hey, yeah, but he didn't. You know, who took him? The clip joints. Clip joints. Yeah, the clip joints. They were so they passed on to a Hall of Famer mm-hmm. and two Hall of Famers. Who's it? Vince Carter's gonna be a Hall of Famer. And who's the other one? Pier well, Pearson Novitsky. Oh yeah, but yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. Right, right, right. But even Mike Bippy would have probably been a better pick. I mean, he wasn't bad. How about, yeah, how, about Dallas, how about Dallas originally took Robert Trailer? Yeah, that was the trade they made. Yeah, they traded. Jason Williams. What a trade. What a trade. Robert Trailer for Dirk Nowitzki. And whatever else they had to give up. A couple tacos at Jack in the Box or something. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Which leads what? me. How, you, how can people make trades like that? I had no clue. But they do it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Robert Tractor Trailer for Dirk Nowitzki. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> By the way, you mentioned Jack in the Box. Yeah. I never passed one in Charlotte. He, no, you, he, no. the object was that you would Google it to find one that was like a mile from where you were. Of course you didn't pass one. Duh. Anyway. Yeah. Thank you for joining us on this uh, edition. We're back on Thursday. Prop bets. It'll be prop bets and we'll get our Super Bowl predictions. Uh, and uh, you know what? Since Eddie's here, we'll talk a little hockey. Sure. Why not? We'll talk a little hockey with Ed Barkowitz. So thank you for joining us on this special edition of Work on the Beat. We'll talk to you on Thursday. Take care.